This is episode one of The Investor's Podcast. Broadcasting from Bel Air, Maryland, this is The Investor's Podcast. They'll take complex things and make them seem insanely simple. They make your boring drive to work feel exhilarating. They give you actionable investing strategies. Your host, Preston Pish and Stig Broderson. All right, how's everybody doing? This is Preston Pish, and I'm your host for The Investor's Podcast, and I'm accompanied by my co-host, Stig Broderson. Hello, everyone. Preston and I are just so pleased that you chose to spend the day with us. All right, guys. So uh, let's go ahead and kick off this first show, and we have uh, two segments for the first show. Uh, segment one, we're going to give you a brief introduction of who we are and our goals for the podcast. And then when we move into the second segment, uh, we're going to be talking about what it is that's made Warren Buffett the great investor that he is uh, today. And for anyone out there, uh, Warren Buffett is a very famous stock investor who's amassed about $66 billion. So that's who we're going to be talking about first. So Stig, let's go ahead and uh, start off the intro and the goals here. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Okay, guys. So thanks for the introduction, Preston. My name is Stig Broderson. I have a background in valuation from uh, Howard University. I have also been a commodities trader at the trading floor, actually. Uh, right now, I'm a college professor. I'm teaching accounting. I'm teaching economics, but most importantly, stock investing. All right, Stig. Perfect. So um, my introduction, my name is Preston Pish. Um, I graduated from West Point with a degree in aerospace engineering. Later on, I really took up a lot of interest in investing and particularly investing uh, with the approach that Warren Buffett uses. Through the years, I've studied every book that uh, Benjamin Graham, who is one of Warren Buffett's professors that he attributes to uh, all of his success in the stock market. I've studied all those books that Benjamin Graham has written and so has Stig. And between the two of us, we uh, started a website online called BuffettsBooks.com. And the aim of the site was to take all these complex books and make them simple and easy for people to understand. And so we created this website. We've written a couple books. And so now we're standing up a podcast to uh, give you a different medium to learn this information uh, as you're driving to work or any other time that you don't have to sit down at a computer and learn. So in addition to teaching our listeners how to invest like Warren Buffett, uh, we're also going to conduct many interviews and have discussions about books by billionaires. So uh, Stig and I would like to refer to these episodes as the Billionaire's Book Club episodes. Um, about every other week, Stig and I will choose a very interesting billionaire entrepreneur or a highly successful investor and have a discussion about the books and high points and overall philosophy that has made that particular person such a financial success. Uh, so in summary, our goal is to teach you how to think and invest exactly like Warren Buffett. And in addition to that, we want to explore the thought patterns and ideas of other billionaires and highlight their most valued guidance and secrets to their success. So that's what we're trying to accomplish here. All right. So let's go ahead and move into the uh, second segment. So in the second segment, what we're going to do is we're going to talk to you about the basics. We're going to teach you from the ground level up, give you a really good foundation on how it is that you can invest exactly like Warren Buffett. Okay. So the first point that we've got in order for you to invest just like this billionaire is that you have to treat these big multi-billion dollar companies the same way that you would treat a small business just in like your local town. So that's the first leap. That's the first thing that you've got to understand. And if you don't treat it in that respect, 
you're going to have a hard time investing like him and some other you know billionaires that use this value based approach that uh, Buffett's professor Benjamin Graham had taught them. So before we go any further, let's go ahead and talk about that in a little bit more detail. Let's go ahead and say that. Um, let's try to figure out what the value of like a small business in your local town would be. And then we'll kind of step it from there into like a larger scale business and then ultimately how you would value stock. Okay. So when you look at a small business in in your local town, if you were going to go and you were going to buy a small business, what would be one of the first questions that you would ask? So Stig, like, let's say that I, you know, you're trying to buy a business in a local town here in the U.S., what would be one of the first questions you would ask the owner of that of that business if you were trying to buy it? Okay, guys, I, I really need to level with you here because I am mainly interested in profit. I guess I'm like everybody else here. If I need to buy something, if I need to buy a business, I would always ask as a first question, how much profit is, is the company making? Okay. So that's a that's obviously a, a great question. <laughs> you know, so you, you would look at the business, you'd see what it's doing. And like Stig said, one of the first things you want to know as an investor, if you're getting ready to own this business, let's just call it a coffee shop on Main Street. You're not going to go and buy this coffee shop if it's not even profitable. OK, and I can tell you right now that might sound like a really basic question and something that doesn't seem like it'd be. Oh, well, that's that's obvious. But it's not obvious because when you go onto the stock market and you look at businesses, you know, you might find that 30 percent or even higher are not even profitable. OK, and I think a lot of people have no idea and they, they really don't understand that. So Stig asked the question, how much money is this small business making? How much is this is this coffee shop making? OK, and so let me just come up with a generic figure to go back to him. Well, my coffee shop is making $10,000 a year after all of my employees are paid. That's the money that's sitting in my cash account, in my bank account. There's $10,000 of profit sitting there. So then, Stig, how would you, you know, how would you handle that when you think about that response? Well, yeah. So first of all, I would need to make sure that it's 10000 every year. And of course, here in life, there are no certainties. But do we expect the coffee shop to be something that we can hold for the long run? Preston, do we expect 10000 every year? Yeah. And I think that for uh, the basic scenario that we're talking here, yes, let's let's make that assumption that every year, let's say like last year, it was nine thousand five hundred. This year it was ten thousand five hundred. And you're kind of you're right in between that ten thousand mark every year. As far as like in the town, you're the only coffee shop. You don't really see the potential for competitors just to kind of keep this scenario really basic and understandable. Okay, so if I could make $10,000 every year by owning this coffee shop, I would probably say something like 100000 I guess I would multiply it by 10. That's a really good rule of thumb. Okay, so what Stig did here is um, in investing, you'll typically hear things called a P-E ratio. And we're not going to get too in-depth into some of the terminology because we'll do that in following episodes. But uh, what the P-E ratio is, is the price compared to the earnings, the price divided by the earnings. So when we talk about profit and investing, this is probably one of the most important terms that you can understand. And this is something that you definitely want to take away from this episode. The profit, the bottom line, what the company's making, that is often referred to as earnings or net income. So those are two terms that you absolutely got to understand. And don't forget, because when you hear earnings or net income, that means profit. That's that bottom line. Okay. So in this situation, the P.E. or the price to earnings, that is 10. So that means I am spending $100,000 to get 10000 back in one year. 
or you might also just say cost me $10 for every dollar of the profit in the company. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsors. Today's episode is sponsored by Range Rover Sport. Range Rover leads by example with their dynamic design that rises to the occasion. It's got powerful on-road performance and commanding all-terrain capabilities coupled with signature Range Rover refinement. The third generation Range Rover Sport is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet, redefining sporting luxury. It's got advanced cabin technologies such as active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offering next-level comfort and refinement. The purposeful cockpit-like driving position sets the tone for a focused interior that promotes exhilarating driver engagement. Award-winning PIVI Pro infotainment is at the heart of the experience and provides intuitive control of the vehicle systems. You can enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. That's LandRoverUSA.com. Our friends at Coriant provide wealth management services centered around you. Coriant's goal is to exceed your expectations and simplify your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. They are one of the largest integrated fee-only U.S. registered investment advisors, and Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. They have extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. The teams at Coriant put the collective power of their expertise into building you the custom wealth, investment, and family office solutions that can help you reach your holistic financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, speak with an advisor today at Coriant.com. That's spelled C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. That's Coriant.com. When Rain Wilson had a great idea, he turned to AT&T Business. They assured him no matter how out there his idea may be, they had his back. So he came up with this, a talking pillow designed to put you to sleep, backed by a reliable network and the only network with built-in security controls. And thus, Sleep with Rain was a hit. Take your business to the next level at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. All right, back to the show. Okay, so whenever you're investing, and so you might hear people at work, they're, they're constantly saying, oh, what's the P-E ratio? What's the P-E on that company? Well, that's exactly what we just described, okay? That's the price to the earnings of the company. And the thing that you really got to think about is what does that ratio represent? When you say the P-E is 10, well, that's the multiple. That's 10 times the earnings or the profit that you're willing to pay for the company. So when you look at it that in that light, what you can do is you can quickly understand what's your return, okay? If that $10,000 of profit or earnings remains constant year after year and he paid $100,000 to own it, well, his return is 10% because 10000 divided by 100000 is 10%. So you can quickly see how, you know, whenever you're buying that small business on Main Street, the first thing you want to know is how much money is this thing going to make or you're just not going to buy it. I mean, if... If he was trying to buy this company and he knew that the profit was 10000 and maybe he paid 300000 for it, 
Well, he's already handicapped his future return because he's only going to make a three or 4% return by owning that coffee shop because of the high price that he would have paid. So that's the thing that really sets Warren Buffett apart from any other investor is he always does this value equation. He figures out what is this company worth before he goes out and buys it. And that's what a lot of people, they never make that step. Okay, They'll go and buy a stock and they'll buy that stock because they like it or because it, you know, if it's an Apple phone, I really like my Apple phone in my pocket. And so they'll just go buy Apple, but they never think about, well, how much is this company worth? What am I buying this company for? And when you're doing that on, on Main Street, you're doing that with that small business. The first question you ask is, what's it worth? And unfortunately, in stock investing, that's the last question people ask. And that's what sets Warren Buffett apart from them is he asks that question first instead of last. Um, and he treats it just like a, any other small business that you would find in your local town. So, Stig, you had something that you wanted to add? Yeah. So uh, we, we talked about that. It's really important to ask the first question here, which is how much money is the company making? But as Preston is saying, the, the question you need to ask just after that is how much do I need to pay for that? And this is really where this price to earnings uh, comes into the picture. So what Warren Buffett is doing is that he wants to find company with a low price to earnings ratio. Now, clearly, we have a lot of different metrics here, but this is one of the most important one to, uh, to have the lowest price to earnings as possible. And, and, you know, as we get into further episodes, we're going to further define this because it's just not I mean, we've made this sound extremely simple, you know, and it, and it is pretty simple. But there are further metrics in order to come up with a proper valuation of a company. So I just don't want people to go out and just start acting on some of this information uh, without going into further episodes or, or doing more research. But the important part is you have to figure out what's it worth. OK, first. And then second of all, you have to say, well, what's the person willing to sell it for? Because, you know, you might determine, hey, I'm willing to pay 10 times earnings for this small business, which would give me a 10 percent return. But if you go to the owner and they want to sell it for three hundred thousand, you know, right then and there that because of that purchase price that the person wants to sell it for, if you buy it at that price point, you're already handicapped to a three percent return on your money. So you got to think of investing anytime you buy anything. You need to think in those terms first. What is the return that I'm going to get? First and foremost, that's up front. Okay. Because you know that if you're going to get a 3% return or a 1% return on something that's high risk, your analysis can stop right there. You don't have to spend any more of your time uh, in order to research that. You can just, you know, cut all ties. So, yeah, go ahead, Sig. Yeah. And that's really the, the beauty about stock investing. You don't have to buy. I think Warren Buffett refers to this as you don't have to swing in every pitch. So if you don't like the price, if you really only want to buy uh, co- shares in companies with a price earnings below 10, which means you get a t- 10% return, then you can just choose to buy these companies or you can just wait till really good companies are very cheap. Yeah. So, and real fast, let's, and we gave you a, a scenario where the price would have been higher, which would have been 30 times earnings at 300,000. But let's just say that the price that the person came back, let's say they were willing to sell it for $50,000. Okay, so right there now you're now you're in a completely different situation where you're going to get twenty percent return on your money because you're going to make ten thousand dollars on the purchase price of fifty thousand. So without uh, talking into too much of the specifics, I think you really understand what we're trying to get at here is you have to understand what the profit of the company is versus what you're paying for it, and that is first and foremost how Warren Buffett sees things. 
So the next thing that we want to talk about here is we want to talk about how one share of a business is exactly the same as owning all of the shares of the business. Okay, and that's the next thing that separates uh, Warren Buffett's thinking from the rest of, you know, a lot of investors is when he buys one share of Coca-Cola, he looks at that ownership of that one share as in the same exact light as if he owned every single share of the business. Okay, and when you make that leap, when you make that jump, it's literally like a quantum leap in understanding for uh, stock investing, because what you're going to start doing is you're going to value that one share as if it's an, if it's an entire business itself. Okay. Go ahead, stick. Yeah. So what, what uh, Warren Buffett is doing is that he is making business decisions. He's not making stock decisions. And I think this distinguish, uh, just distinguish between those two. I think that's really, really important. So if he buys stock in Coca-Cola, for instance, he's making a business decision that he likes Coca-Cola, that he thinks is a great business. And that's really not the same as doing stock investing. Um, well, again, that depends on how, how you define that. When a lot of people are thinking about stock investing, they think, okay, I buy a stock for $100, hopefully it will increase to like $110 in a week from now. But that's not how Warren Buffett looks at it. He looks at the business. And if he likes the business, and if that business generates profit, um, well, he will benefit that with a with a higher stock price later on anyway. Yeah. So I think what a lot of people don't understand is what is a share. Okay. And what a share is, is it's a proportional ownership of equity in a business. So going back to our main street uh, coffee shop. Okay. That coffee shop, let's say Stig was purchasing that coffee shop for $100,000. Let's also say that there are that, that we take that company, that one company, and we divide it up into a bunch of shares. Okay, let's divide it up into ten thousand shares. So one share is the same as owning all ten thousand shares from a proportional valuation standpoint. So if we would divide that hundred thousand company, let's say he bought that business for a hundred thousand dollars. If we divide it into ten thousand shares, each share is going to be worth ten dollars a share based on that purchase price. So that's how things get a little confusing for people is they would, let's say that it was on the stock market and you could buy it for $11. Well, if you could buy that one share for $11, that basically changed the valuation of the company to $110,000 immediately. Okay. And that's where people will kind of lose sight of this is they, they don't treat that individual share price in the same proportional light that you would value the entire business. But when you understand that one share is the same as owning all the shares, all of that starts to change. Okay, it's all proportional. And I think that's that's because when it's a share, uh, it's only part of the company. And that, I think that that's difficult for, for many people to uh, get a grasp on. So say that you want to buy a car, for instance. Well, some people might, might think that the car's worth 10000 or 11000 But most people have a general idea of what, how much is a car worth. When you're buying a fraction of a company, say that you're buying one millionth of Apple, well, how much is that really worth? And that's much harder for people to evaluate. That's spot on. That's exactly uh, the part that, that you really need to understand. Taking away from this episode, that's what we need to hammer home is that point right there. One share is exactly the same as all the shares, and you need to do the valuation of what you think that that one share is worth. And when you do that, you're going to be thinking in this same space, the same light that, that Warren Buffett thinks whenever he makes a business decision, as, as Stig so eloquently said. 
Let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsors. If you're looking for the right franchise concept at the right time, an iFlex Stretch Studio franchise is the business for you. iFlex is the newest franchise concept from the founders of the Joint Chiropractic. With over 200 licenses already awarded to our regional developers, there's never been a better time to own an iFlex franchise in your market. An iFlex Stretch Studio franchise offers its clients the best in professional-assisted stretching for one affordable price in one beautiful location. Even the Mayo Clinic says stretching can increase flexibility and improve your joint's range of motion, helping you move more freely. Prime regional developer opportunities and franchise locations are going fast. Don't miss this opportunity to get into this rapidly growing health and wellness business from the founders of the Joint Chiropractic. Find out more today. Call 888-994-3500. 539 or visit iflexpodcast.com call right now 888-994-3539 or visit iflexpodcast.com kyle you're connected with a ton of different investors and portfolio managers and you're just really in the know on a lot of these things how do you keep up with all the day-to-day headlines for your portfolio companies yeah so i used to have a ton of issues with this and that was until i started using yahoo finance Really? What's so great about it? So Yahoo Finance is awesome. I have my whole portfolio entered and I can easily see all the top headlines to keep up with the recent news. And each day you get an overview of the major global events that might be moving the market. So I'm ready to easily pounce on any opportunities that come my way. What else can you do on Yahoo Finance's platform? They also have a number of cool features, including a tool that lets you link all of your investment accounts, analyst ratings, and independent research, as well as the ability to create customized charts. Well, now I know that the audience is really going to love this one. And I actually see they have 90 million monthly active users. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. As many of you know, I love studying businesses and networking with business owners. The more I've studied businesses, the more I've realized that starting and scaling your business is easier than ever because of companies like Shopify. Did you know that Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S.? Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify even helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. What I personally love about Shopify is that it's the turnkey solution to kickstart and grow your business, and they are totally committed to giving you the necessary tools to succeed as a business owner. Plus, they have an award-winning customer support team there to help you every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify dot com slash WSB. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash WSB now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash WSB. All right, back to the show. So the next thing that, that you're looking at whenever you're buying stock is now that we understand this idea that one share is the same thing as owning the entire business, 
Now, all of a sudden, we want to start buying quality businesses. We want to buy businesses that have low amounts of debt. We want to buy stable businesses. We want to buy businesses that we understand. And so whenever you understand what it is that a share actually represents, it's amazing because your whole mindset, the way that you see things truly start to take an immediate turn from the way that you might have been previously investing. So let's quickly talk about this quality aspect of investing. So whenever you're buying a business, do you want a business that has a lot of competitors, that has a product that has low margins? And I think the answer is obviously no. So when you buy a company that that is high quality, that has a good brand that you feel is going to be around for the next 20 years, that's a business that's worth owning. And that's a business that's going to continue to give you those returns that you have a general idea of what you think you're going to get back, like the coffee shop. And that's when you can really start seeing long-term success. And Stig, I saw you had a point you wanted to say. Yeah. Um, if you ever listen to an interview with Warren Buffett, you will often hear him uh, talk about moat. And when he's talking about moat, this is actually another word for a competitive uh, advantage. So Preston was saying before, um, do we want a company that has a lot of competitors? Well, clearly we don't. But in the end of the day, almost all companies have uh, competitors. But if you have a moat, it doesn't matter as much. And I think that Coca-Cola could be an example of, of that, Preston. Yeah, well, and so when Stig says a moat, what, what Buffett's referring to as a moat, uh, when you go back into like the medieval times and you had a castle, the way that they would defend the castle is they, they put a moat around the uh, outside of the, of the perimeter of the castle because anyone that was trying to come and conquer that castle, the moat provided more standoff range so that whenever they're shooting archery or things like that, it was difficult to attack that castle. So the the wider the moat, the more difficult it was for somebody to come and attack you. And so when Buffett calls it a moat, what he's saying is, does this company have some type of defense mechanism to it to protect it from competitors? So when you look at a company like Coca-Cola, well, its moat is the fact that it has an incredible brand. It has a secret uh, ingredient or secret sauce to how it's made. That is the moat. Okay. And when you buy a business, when Buffett buys a business, he tries to find a business that has a large moat so that it can protect itself from future competitors. So these are some of the quality aspects. Yeah, go ahead, Stig. So, for instance, if we, if we need to uh, to continue about speaking about moat, a company like Walmart, for instance, and I got to say, at the moment, Warren Buffett both owns uh, stocks in Coca-Cola and Walmart. But if you look at a company like Walmart, they also have a wide moat. And the reason why they have a wide moat is because they have a very low cost. It's very, very hard to find another retailer in the world that has the same low cost structure as Walmart. Because how can they actually do that? It's really not impossible because Walmart can buy in so large quantities. And even though if you can stand up retailer selling exactly the same thing as Walmart, you probably won't have a chance to buy as cheap from your suppliers. So you won't have a chance to sell it as, as cheaply as at Walmart. So in short, okay, you're hearing different companies that Warren Buffett owns and kind of his thought process in buying businesses with the shares that he purchases. And the thing that you got to really understand is that you're not going to make a whole lot of money really fast. You're not going to turn around in two years from now and be a millionaire. That's just not going to happen. That's fine. It's the approach. It's making good, solid picks 
time and time again so that you don't lose your principle. If you work really hard and you make $10,000, the last thing you want to do is lose that $10,000. And I think the thing that you're really going to take away from this podcast is you're going to feel enlightened. You're going to feel you're going to sleep better at night because you're going to know what to do with your money and you're going to be putting it into ownership of businesses that are safe stable, sound businesses that have good returns and they're giving you a much higher return than you'd get in your savings account. I really come to think of a quote here, Preston. It's a quote by Warren Buffett uh, and it goes like this. Rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, don't forget rule number one. And really love that quote. Yeah. And, and you know that you couldn't have concluded kind of what we're talking about here in this first uh, episode better than that. We're going to try to help you protect your principal and you're going to make a return in the process. You're not going to become a millionaire next year by listening to this podcast. But what you will have is the principal and the money that you initially invested because you're going to be making strong business decisions and you're going to be acquiring more and more equity, more and more shares of these businesses over time. And eventually it's going to become a weighing machine and not a voting machine. And you're not going to be you know, logging in to check your uh, Scott trade account and trading day to day, you're going to be just making decisions and checking it from time to time. And you're going to continue to see your equity grow in each of these, you know, fantastic businesses that you would select. So, so, uh, one uh, question that is always really good to ask for making a business decision is, do I really want to own this stock if the stock market closed for like five years? And if you can answer yes to that, then you'll probably have a very good business. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll go ahead and uh, conclude the first episode kind of with that note. To hit the highlights, Warren Buffett, he buys businesses, big businesses, billion-dollar businesses, the same way he buys small businesses on Main Street. He always starts off with, what's the value of this stock that I'm buying? And then he looks at, what's the market offering me on the price to, to purchase it? Always start with, what do I think it's worth and what can I buy it for? He treats one share exactly the same as owning all of the shares. Okay, it makes no difference. It's all proportional. It's it's divided up. It's like eating one slice of pizza would be the same taste as the whole pizza itself. The taste doesn't change. He's trying to find a very high quality business with a low amount of debt. He's trying to find something that's stable and understandable. And we'll go into a lot more depth and, and discussion on all this stuff as we go in the future episodes. But those are the high points. So the one thing that I want to say as we kind of wrap things up is that if this podcast is helpful, we would really appreciate your help and your support. Uh, The best way to keep us motivated is to leave a review on iTunes. Uh, This way we can continue to help you learn more things about Warren Buffett, Benjamin Graham, who is Buffett's professor at Columbia and countless others. You can also go to uh, Buffett'sBooks.com and you can watch some of the videos that uh, Stig and I have created. Also, everything on this site, on the Buffett's book site, is completely free, and it's all video-based, so if you want to watch and and see how things move dynamically and maybe uh, it'd be more understandable for you, you can go to Buffett's Books and check that out. If you'd like to be a guest on our show or you'd like to advertise on our show, you can do that by going to theinvestorspodcast.com or you can go to asktheinvestors.com and ask your questions and we're going to be able to play your questions there's a device there to record your question we can play your question on the air 
And if that happens, uh, we'll send you a free signed copy of Stig and I's book, The Warren Buffett Accounting Book, and we'll send that in the mail to you. All you got to do is just record your question or type up your question at asktheinvestors.com and send that off to us and we'll play it on the show. All right. So we really appreciate you guys joining us for this first episode. We look forward to uh, learning more and teaching more in the second episode and we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to The Investor's Podcast. To listen to more shows or access to the tools discussed on the show, be sure to visit www.theinvestorspodcast.com. Submit your questions or request a guest appearance to The Investor's Podcast by going to www.asktheinvestors.com. If your question is answered during the show, you will receive a free autographed copy of the Warren Buffett Accounting Book. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This material is copyrighted by the TIP Network and must have written approval before commercial application. 